Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 350, empowering mums to have a rewarding and flexible career. Today we're going to be talking about all things flexibility and working digitally and virtually. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Heather Black, who's CEO and founder of Supermums. Welcome, Heather. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about uh, who you are and who Supermums are and what you do. Absolutely. Thank you. So I set up Supermums in 2016 and um, the motivation for that was a couple of things, really. One, um, I transitioned into working in Salesforce back in 2012 because I identified it as a career opportunity that would give me more flexibility as a mum. Mm-hmm. And part of that was because it's cloud technology. You could actually work with people um, remotely and uh, I, I tested it out quite severely in that we went my, my husband and I went on a sabbatical around the world and I was able to work whilst traveling for four months and still earning an income whilst also doing all the lovely stuff during the day and then working a bit at night um, so it really felt like a good move for me and then the other was that in the Salesforce ecosystem there's a really large demand uh, for talent and there isn't enough people in that space and so equally it was kind of like actually we you know there's a lot of mums out there looking for meaningful well-paid flexible work opportunities so I decided to set up the Supermums program to upskill more mums and to help them move into this sector. Lovely so just for those people listening who don't know what Salesforce is can you just sort of give a little couple of sentence potted (laughs) description? Yeah absolutely so Salesforce is the number one world CRM solution. A CRM is a client relationship management system so pretty much most businesses should have a CRM system because it is very much there to power their business. Um, It's where you'll put all your stakeholders, it's where you'll track all your correspondence and your pipeline or your service, customer service records. It's kind of like the beating heart of any business, a CRM. So Salesforce is the number one leader solution. Mm. Um, So you can pretty much work with it globally. Um, You've got international qualifications you can take that are internationally recognized um so it does really provide a massive ecosystem and a career with loads of job opportunities so i've done about five six different jobs within the ecosystem already just working for my one company so it does really offer you a lot yes yeah and you described it sort of as a, a, an ecosystem or, or there is an ecosystem well, how would you describe that uh, in terms of what that means to to you and the mums that you're working with Absolutely. So Salesforce um, has built an overwhelmingly positive community of individuals um, who very much support each other. They echo and align with Salesforce values around trust, innovation, equality. Um, And the ecosystem very much helps each other and lifts people up. 
Now, in some sense, that can be a little overwhelming. So, you know, I started out, I went to Dreamforce, which is their big conference in the US. And it was kind of like, oh, there's thousands of people here. But how do I get to know a few people that I really connect with? And that's, you know, kind of what we ended up building with Supermums is I built a tribe of women, you know, who are like me, they're mums, they're trying to manage everything um, around their work as well and, and learn how best to do that. Um, but we all connect because we're a mum working in this elsewhere space. So I kind of found my little tribe, if you like. And I think that's part of what the ecosystem is. It's a massive group of people that support each other in lots of different ways and give back in lots of different ways. Um, but within that, you'll get pockets of people that have come together collectively because they're all developers or all admins or all based in London or all based, um, you know, they have a passion around a particular product and you start getting little subgroups within it around things. Mm-hmm. So we're talking sort of um, towards the end of June, 22nd of June currently, which is obviously still sort of in the middle of of the sort of lockdown situation with people mostly still working from home that are are able to. I'm guessing that a lot of your uh, clients and, you know, people involved in your business have have been working from home quite often already. You, You said that's how you sort of started the business yourself. So great to to have somebody so experienced in in that regardless of what's going on around the world sort of thing let's talk a bit about how that um works and how how that works really well for particularly the mums that you're focusing on because of the fact that people have you know so many responsibilities that they're trying to juggle all the time tell us a bit more about that you talked about your traveling I, i guess that's not your um usual uh client sort of um normal <laughs> life scenario that, that sounds quite an unusual uh, way to, to get into this but tell us a bit about you know how people are working in the environment with you absolutely um so i've built up a team culture where we had almost um a half split actually we weren't all virtual we had some that would like to go into an office and collaborate and those that work virtually and i think you know, over the years that I've been building my business and my team, it's been around, well, how do we support flexibility, but also make it inclusive for everybody and everybody feels part of it, whether they're in the office or out of the office. And that conversation has really upped to gear, I think, for every single organisation mm. in the last three months, because everybody suddenly shifted to more remote working and have to have had to find different ways of working, particularly given that mums, even in my team as well, you know, we've all shifted working patterns to some degree because of the the change and having to juggle the kids as well Mm. so there's some things that you know really we've had to look at and also always encourage other companies to look at and we talk about um one of them is managing digital boundaries because i think you know equally the mums that we work with and train are really passionate about what they do work-wise but also that there has to be those boundaries and that can't eat into their own time um and so i think there's some things that are really important here is that we all need to understand people's working patterns and and sort of be able to see that before perhaps sending them a text or something so if we know they're not working that you're kind of not making them feel like they have to impulsively respond um and encouraging people to switch off their software so we do give people work phones and if they're not working at that point then actually switching it off has to be something that they take ownership of though they're not being dragged back into you know it being sort of responsive if you like because of that habit that if you're passionate you might keep working even though you should be really present with your kids at that point um 
And the other thing that I, I found absolutely amazing for me is that my team always kind of like, well, we want to book time into you, but we don't know when you're available. And when you just use Outlook, it's very difficult because you can't actually block your time out in Outlook reasonably for people to know when to book in time for you or not. So we all shifted to using Calendly. Um, and Calendly has been great because what it did was allow me to block out the time that I am available for calls. And now I just send that, that Calendly link is now used by my internal team as well as any external customers. So they can see when I'm available and just block out time accordingly if they want to talk to me alongside the routine meetings that we have. Mm. So, you know, there's all that kind of thing to think about, about managing boundaries. And I think the other kind of aspect we introduced was on email footers um, when emails go out, sort of sharing with people when your working hours are or putting you out of office on if you're not there. So again, you're just reminding people about your work pattern um, and when they're there. So that's, that's one thing around managing digital boundaries that we found really useful. I think the other thing just to pick up on here is um, being able to stay connected in that virtual office team culture. So we started off doing video uh, sort of conference calls where we get everybody together, but actually we didn't use video because we didn't have a vid, uh, a way in the office to, you know, show people in the office versus those who were joining virtually. So we invested in a webcam. So when we're in meetings, we could make sure that everybody could, you know, be seen and contribute. Mm -hmm. um, so video calls, I think, are really important because you see people's faces. It feels like you're in a room with them to some degree. Obviously, it's not as intense as being in a room, but actually seeing people is a big is a big option, yeah. a big um, important aspect, I think. Sorry, and the other kind of key things that my team have really enjoyed is having um, a solution like Salesforce has Chatter but they also use Slack as well. So they've got sort of a shared discussion platform where they can collaborate and things are sent that way rather than perhaps, you know, if you're in an office, it'd be like, well, let's have a quick chat over the table. You know, that can't happen if you've got a mixed team. So sort of, you know, plowing it back into an online chat forum has worked really well for them. Mm -hmm. And they also had daily stand-ups um you know every day they have a stand-up or I think it's now gone to sort of three times a week depending on their workload where they can get together each day and just talk about what they're doing or address any topics that have come up for them um and and I'm a big believer I love people actually just picking up the phone to me and having that chat I don't like instant messenger because I think it pings up all the time and you're trying to do something and it's just another thing that people kind of respond to and I know you can put out of office but it I found that more overwhelming i'd rather people just pick up the phone and to have a decent chat mm -hmm. um, you know around something i think really is important so managing those boundaries around people making people feel included making feel like you've got good communication but supporting flexibility in the way that works for all there's some of the tips that you know i'd like to share i suppose with the audience but mm -hmm. that we've found really useful for our own approach yeah and how have things been in the last few months with your team in terms of the homeschooling thing because everything you read in the press uh sort of says that in the main the responsibility for that is, has come down to, to mums and i don't know how true that is that might just be further um continuing the, the same <laughs> stories that uh, people tell themselves but uh, has that been a, a challenge in terms of running the business knowing that you've got because you know people you know having virtual workers is one thing but you know specifically having virtual mums then actually implies that a lot of them have got children that's um, of school age at home at this precise moment has that had an impact 
Uh, yeah, I think we've pretty much got all the options going in our team. <laughs> we've, had, we've got mums that, you know, have got a grandparent living with them that's looking after the kids, which is obviously useful. We've got, um, you know, mums where actually the husband's taken furlough and he's actually looking after the kids full time. Right. We've got some mums that have taken furlough because they're having to look after the kids, even yeah. though they want to work, they can't physically do both. Mm. Um, we've got some that have reduced their hours because they need to manage the kids, but they are working some hours um so and, and some that have just shifted their working patterns you know working day and evening to kind of fit around their part-time hours um so they don't, don't necessarily work work part-time anyway but they're kind of splitting that between the hours that they can work so we've literally had the spread you know within a team of 10 for super mums we've got every mm. scenario going and you know we've managed the team we've managed to hold it together and keep you know sort of working on everything collectively as a team um and sort of keep pushing through really but it, there's definitely been we've had less man hours than we would normally because people have not been able to actually work all the hours that we would normally do mm. and deliver on um and but it you know it's just working with that you know we've we can bring contractors on to backfill you know, that's yeah. another option and it's something we're looking to in my other business um, at the moment because we're in that situation where we need backfill. Mm. Um, so, it, you know, it's just muddling through really. But yeah, you know, it's just making sure that we're running meetings that still include everybody and we're supporting people around that. And I've got, you know, be it with a team of, I've got 10 in this business and 20 in my consultancy business. So that's 30 overall. I, you know, having a HR person who's, there and listening and managing everything has been so important to kind of just make sure that everybody's um on check and we i sent them out all a little um sort of rescue kit of sort of uh beauty stuff the other week as well mm. it was appropriate for men as well. Yeah. <laughs> same, well but just kind of making them know that you know, we're there for them you know we'll work around what they need and, and supporting them I think has been really important um, and the biggest thing that I shared because I'm a coach and, and coaching is very important in our sequence program and we bring it to our team as well it's just been educating them about the grief cycle right um because I think you know, the grief cycle is what everybody's kind of been going through to different levels of degree. And, you know, then you go back into looking at, okay, well, there's a grief cycle you're going to go through from sort of, you know, working through to getting through acceptance and then, you know, working out the best way of working. You're going to go through anger, depression, <laughs> you know, that aspect of like how you're going to get to the new norm. And I think people have gone through that a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and, and I know bigger companies like Accenture, for example, I heard them on a podcast with Business and Community. They were very much saying the same. They were making sure people recognize the grief cycle um, and that they, you know, it, there was a way out of it. But just to know where you were on that cycle is important. So you can sort of add a sort of logical context around it as much as possible. Mm. Um, and it also throws the other kind of theory that um, this rate for me is also the Tuckman model, which is a team performing model where you kind of go into like what's everybody's roles and responsibilities and then you go through a forming storming phase and then you can go into performing now a team can be working really well efficiently but when a few things are thrown in that aren't normally there you're back into that storming <laughs> phase where you're suddenly experiencing turbulence again as a team because not everything can work as exactly as the way you want it so we're very open and sort of try to be educational in a way of saying, look, you know, this is normal 
um, you know, normal sort of situations of periods of change. And by sort of putting a context on it, it can sometimes help manage those emotions by going, okay, this is normal. It's okay to feel like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and to sort of think about, well, okay, I'm here now. What, where am I going to go? And I've had to do that myself because as a leader as a company, you know, I've had to keep everything going while my two kids are you know, running around <laughs> sort of trying to, you know, and I've had to manage my emotions as a leader because you're still trying to keep everybody else going as well. Yeah. So it's, you know, and I haven't been perfect all the way through, you know, I've acknowledged to people where, I've, you know, we're going through this cycle. Um, you know, it's not been the best week or whatever, when we know we've got another extension of lockdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think people have appreciated me being honest that I'm not, you know, I'm trying to be resilient as much as possible, but actually, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the impact this week, um, yeah. you know, and that's okay because I think it's, it's important to be human and people share how they're feeling. And I think there's been the other realization that, you know, people have been talking about kids, you know, coming into the rooms, watching on video calls that actually that was before perhaps a, a bit of a, not acceptable kind of situation and, and me too you know I wouldn't feel necessarily comfortable my kids barging in on a conversation whereas now it's been tolerated a little bit more um and people have felt actually they've seen their managers be more human because their kids are coming on their knee and giving them a kiss and that's made them actually change perspective of their leaders and managers so it's been really interesting hearing those stories mm-hmm. um and just sort of seeing a different tone I guess so particularly as a, an organization that that had um a good level of experience of working virtually and flexibility uh, do you see your world continuing to change or being different as we come out of uh, this situation in terms of how you'll run the business so for supermums as it runs now not massively um i think we, i mean we were talking about a couple of shifts because a lot of everything we do and the training we do is all virtual and we wanted to make it accessible but things like you know we're talking about we have done like a graduation ceremony in london um the last two years where we encourage trying to get togethers and i think it's shifting events like that where we can get our supermums together and feel part of a community to online events and being quite creative about that about Mm -hmm. how you uplift people because I find it something I find it quite difficult where you've got a load of people where they're just the faces are just looking at you and you've got to somehow make them excited where they're not in a room and you can't get necessarily that feedback or have those conversations that you would be in an event so you know trying to create energy and feeling that you're getting that energy back from people um on online events is is a shift we're going to be looking at and how we can support that um going forward Mm. um because we have got trainees globally so it makes sense to do something more online Mm. um but i think the biggest thing for me you know shifting back is i do want to get back out of my office you know it's the one reason why i grew a team from just beyond me again is because i don't want to be sat in my office at home (laughs) so (laughs) it is getting back to the office in london and um you know two or three of our supermom team members can convene there and sort of having that day where we can work together i think is is equally important for those that need to get out of the house because I personally, I struggle being in the house five days a week. I do. Um, you know, and that's been my biggest problem is I like getting out there. I like commuting in, you know, I like having that break. Um, you know, and so I think it's just recognizing that I think some companies said will go completely, you know, flexible. I just think it's been mindful of people that struggle being at home all the time. 
Mm. You know, it, you know, it affects your mental health if you don't want to be at home the whole time. So I think companies have to, we did a, a survey with the team, actually my other team um, around, because I, in my other team, I definitely have people that like to be in the office, you know, have the mix of things. So we did a whole conversation with everybody saying, what is it that your views are? And we did a shared document talking through what they wanted and their thoughts. Cause we were like, well, should we just, you know, there was questions around, well, should we get rid of the office? And if we are in the office, but we're not in it much, how are we going to make it feel like a team? And there were so many different viewpoints and discussions and reflections. I think it's very important to have those conversations and people felt like it, it was a lift off their shoulders a little bit, actually having that opportunity to, consult on it and, and discuss what was working what wasn't and, and what the new norm should be mm-hmm. and what are you saying with your um organizations that that you work with and, and your teams work with what, what are they do thinking about doing moving forwards is there much change there I mean, we, uh, again we sort of we i suppose when we see what we see so you know my husband's organization is is sort of uh, getting rid of some of their buildings and he's going to be working from home mostly moving forward so that's probably coloring my view of what everyone's doing <laughs> and that may not be the case in the big wide world uh what, what sort of things are you seeing yeah well that I mean that reflects nicely back on the conversation that we had a minute ago really isn't it mm. because I think some people are going to be really struggle struggling with that mm. you know mm. being at home all the time if they're not reopening I think quite a few of the Salesforce consulting practices and even and customers, I would say, like people to be on site or yeah. in the office. And it was, <laughs> ironically, it was one thing that I was hoping to sort of shift and change with Supermums because we had some companies we're working with that are great, but I met some Salesforce consultancies of like, no, we need people in the office, you know. Mm it's not suitable for mums which you know some mums it's not suitable for it's fine and so I set up a leadership lunch series called empower women leadership lunches which was all about engaging with Salesforce customers and consultancy partners around helping them think about how they they support women in the workplace and one of those angles being flexibility so we've got actually a topic next Tuesday where we're going to be asking about what the new normal is because for those companies that typically have always been we are on site or in the office, I think they will default back to normal when they most reasonably can do. That is part of my instinct. Um, you know, and it'd be good to know if that's the case because I think there's a certain level of when when you work in Salesforce consultancy, um, there's kind of two just well, there's two distinct roles that you might take. There's those where you're a project manager or be a business analyst. And that's where you're very much, you know, dealing with clients and stakeholders and communication and gathering requirements and sort of really, you know, designing the system. And a lot of that is is easier, to be fair. It can be done virtually, but it can be easier when you're in a room with people because you're talking to them an awful lot and gathering quite a lot of valuable information for actually that can influence the make or break of a project mm-hmm. so I understand why that is important but then you've got all the technical side where you've got admins and developers who are actually going to be building the system and equally they they could actually be anywhere you know they could be there is benefit from being in the um office you know if you're busy building and you need to ask, answer questions and everything like that but 
you know, they could be more remote. So I don't know what the new norm is like, but I'm certainly engaging with partners and customers going forward to find out. Mm. Yeah, lovely. So final sort of um, tips for people either in the I'm working from home scenario, let's see what happens, or organisations with people working from home. What, what, what do you think people should be focusing on uh, now, I mean, I was talking something the other day about how sort of three, three months ago, it was it was comparatively easy. It didn't feel it at the time, but it was like very black and white. It was like, we're you know, we're, we've got to stay in, end of. Whereas now, it feels like as we're coming out of the lockdown scenario, there's so much more grey and it almost feels harder not really knowing what's going on and, and having all of those sorts of um, flexibilities <laughs> that are negative. Um, sort of at, at the moment and sort of moving forwards what do you think p- people should be focusing on right now as this is all changing and, and becoming even more up in the air than it perhaps was even a few weeks ago yeah I think I mean I think that's part of the reality and it's sort of two or three tips I can certainly give here just to sum up around juggling responsibilities I think one of the hardest things is it feels like goalposts keep shifting yeah um, and that might be influenced by your homeworking, by the government or by your workplace as well. Um, and so one of the things that is a good takeaway and I, you know, it, it reflects back to that storm model that um, the Tuckman team model I was talking about is if you're working as a team as you, with your partner, because at the end of the day, you and your partner, if you've got a partner, you might be a single parent or, you know, juggling it with other carers that might be helping you with kids. Um, is you've got to keep working as a team and revisiting what's working and what's not because you you know so you need a stable routine um, which you might need to revisit and adjust <laughs> as yeah. you need to okay. um, and you know that's that's what I said to my husband when we first had a child you know we were kind of up in the air and you know to be fair arguing quite a bit around responsibilities and who's doing what and I, I, I explained this took my model to him and I was like look we're in the storming and norming point here you know we've tried something if it's not working we need to talk about it and shift it again mm-hmm. um, and so we, during lockdown we've constantly shifted and actually in the last two weeks because I had quite a bit on at work and he had a lot on we're doing an early and a late alternate each and actually that's just working because he's not stressed because he's got a load of stuff to do and I've got a load of stuff to do. So now we're, we're working more hours than we would do normally, but we're shifting the, the times. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just about continue working on that routine and having an open conversation. And I think you know, if you can fit in, the, the other two things that have really worked for me is making sure I have a routine. You know, And if the routine changes, then okay, you need to shift the routine. But having things that are a constant, because if everything's always changing it's a nightmare. Whereas if Mm. I have routine team meetings or I have a routine time where I just look at emails every day, whatever, at least you feel like there's a constant in your life. Yeah. Um, And when I was in London, I would always, I would always have a routine about which days I'm in London and which days I'm not. It's Mm. very fixed. You know, occasionally there might be an exception, but it's very hard and fast. Like I go into London Tuesdays and Fridays and that's the only days in and that's worked for me religiously for three years. So create a routine for yourself and shift only necessarily. And I think the other, the third point is don't have a to-do list. If you find something that you need doing, stick it in your diary and make it actually something that you're going to do because people can feel overwhelmed particularly if you're not working as many hours or 
there's more things being thrown at you you know this is put you know covid put a whole load of extra things on my task list that i didn't have previously mm. so you can get overwhelmed with a to-do list which inevitably i keep looking at feeling overwhelmed feeling <laughs> you know like i'm never going to get there where actually if i find something i've got to do it's better just to stick it in the diary hold it to that diary get it done and keep moving and that was one of the things um i i had a coach um kathleen Briers, um as part of the corporate women unleash program and that was one of her nuggets was never have a to-do list always just schedule it in your diary and get it done and that was a big game changer for me mm-hmm. lovely well thank you heather it's been great talking to you and uh, really sort of great timing given we probably booked this months <laughs> months and months ago mm-hmm. um so thanks for sharing some of those uh, tips with us um and yeah so Great, thanks for joining me. And uh, just to let people know, next week, Joe Moffat's back with James Sinclair, who's Chief Executive of Enterprise Alumni, and they're talking about how organisations should and are staying connected to former employees. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.